Amen. Let's read the scripture in Galatians chapter 4. Adoption is calling. It's time to answer. Paul, Paul said in verse 1, I say that the heir, that you and I, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. And Brother Branham said the greatest tutor is the Holy Ghost. Amen. We're going to read that in a few minutes. But in verse 2, a believer is under tutors and governors. Remember, you're already born. So you're already born as a son or daughter of God. So I'm not speaking today about your new birth specifically. I'm speaking about your adoption or your placing. And you notice in verse 2 that there's a time that we're under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. It's not you that determine when you're ready. It's not you or me that determine, say, I'm mature, I'm ready. No, it's the time appointed of the Father. Can we all say the Father? It's, It's when you and I start looking like Him or acting like Him. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might be receive the adoption of sons. Let's all say the adoption. Adoption is placing or positioning of a believer. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit, capital Spirit, so that's the Holy Spirit, of His Son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father, or my Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son than an heir of God through Christ. Now, I need everyone to dig right in today. This isn't going to be kindergarten stuff. And if verse 7 is true, that you're not servants, then stop talking like it. And stop acting like servants. Stop praying like that and always coming like... You're not a, you're not a slave. You're a son and a daughter of God. Lift your head up and and begin to just claim these promises of God. God bless you. You can have your seats. Amen. Amen. Isn't it good to be a Christian today and serve the Lord Jesus here in Whatcom County? And anybody that thinks our little church is just sitting on the sidelines doing nothing, just look at the calendar there. And I wanted you to see uh, the times that we've had and the ministry we've had, even last night, but also tonight, Brother John Perizok, we, we support the new generation. Yes. I've communicated with Brother Mark Powell, or Brother Mark, yeah, Brother Mark too, but Brother Mark Aho, and we're having Bible studies the next two uh, Monday nights. But, but then the 30th, because we've just come out of the communion service, and coming into the anniversary meetings, I felt like that uh, that Monday we will not have a Bible study. Okay. And so just notice the schedule. I want you to notice the schedule. 
for October now as we've had the, the Bible studies, we've had special speakers, we've had special meetings. But we added uh, the 27th as being a communion prayer service. That's not going to be a stream service. It's not going to be a regular type of meeting. It's just going to be consecration and prayer for the communion. And then Sunday night, the 29th, will be our communion and foot washing. And then coming right into the anniversary meetings, Brother Matiba is ministering that, that Wednesday night, the first Wednesday night. And then Friday night is the, the next service, and two on Saturday, two Sunday. And I didn't want the church to be overly um, stressed and things. So we, we uh, will just be having the Bible studies the next two Monday nights, if that's okay. Yes. Brother Branham spoke about this generation. It was one of his last messages that he spoke um, in December. And I've got the message here. This, is, this book was printed in Poland. Uh, that I have in my hands, things that are to be. And in that message, he talked about the times that we're living in and how God was calling um, people to a life of service. And he talked about um, there was a pastor that had invited Brother Branham to come. This is in California. He was a younger pastor, and he was, that, that man had been inspired by the ministry of the Word of God. And then Brother Branham said, as I'm beginning to get old... And uh, I looked it up this morning. He was 56 years old. So he realized, even, he wasn't 80 years old, but he was 56. He realized he was getting old yes. and knew, knew that his days were numbered. And he was having confidence in knowing that these young men can take this message and sweep it on to the coming of the Lord Amen. if it doesn't come in my generation. Yes. God knew that we were still going to be here in 2023. Amen. How many believe that? And God's raising up young men and young ministries and uh, sisters and families that can come to their adoption. Yes. Now this morning, um, I want to approach this and I'm not going to speak at all about it on this one Sunday. Maybe we can take it up for a few services. It's a very serious time that we're living in. It's important that we receive the word for our day. Yes. I have, again, a list of these messages, a bunch that are from Poland, and the Lord willing, we've paid this week $1,000 to have them all sent to us, and it, it'll be, I think, at least 40 titles, and here's recognizing your day and its message, when your eyes were open, they knew him, this day the scripture, anointed ones at the end time, seed shall not be air with a shuck, amen, thirst, beyond the curtain of time, this day the scripture, these are messages that that should be in the people's hands and Amen. more than in their hands it should be in their hearts and Amen. the message has gone through many uh, seasons and cycles but this morning you will never live any higher than your personal revelation you will never live any higher than your personal revelation not your parents revelation and I'm speaking about in the message brother John spoke a masterpiece last night and mentioned about the rich young ruler and how he was a good person and he knew the commandments and he had done all these things. And it's very dangerous when we have message churches full of, of young people and even families that don't know the Lord. They know a lot about the message code and, and church order. And, you know, we sing songs and then we're going to hear preaching and then, then this. But it's not the revelation of your parents. It's got to be your personal revelation. Not even the revelation of your pastor. Right, right. You've got to have your own revelation. Yeah. 
You can't just be hearing good preaching. You can't just be hearing the prophet's message and then coming to a good church and then doing good works. That's not going to be rapture quality. We got to dig deeper than that. There's, there's, the revelation you have must be greater than just your spouse's revelation or your friend's revelation or your boss or a supervisor. Or a manager or a foreman that's trying to, you know, you got to work this and you, we want you to have this position or we think you're good at this. Your revelation has got to be personal yeah. that God has called you right. to do certain things. Yeah. Not your professor in school. Right. And not your neighbor. Yeah. It's hear ye him. It's what is God's will for your life. It's... It's God instructing you. And Galatians chapter 4 was speaking about this as we look in chapter 3, the last few verses, starting in verse 24. If you have your Bible open in Galatians 3, 24, speaks about a schoolmaster. And verse 25 speaks about a schoolmaster, that we're no longer under a schoolmaster. But verse 26 through 29, speaking that we are children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Then coming into chapter 4 of Galatians, we see Paul saying it very clearly that though you might be an heir or born into the family, as long as you remain as a child or immature, you differeth nothing from a servant. Though you might be Lord of all. And though you might be called the queen of heaven and the bride of Christ, if you remain in elementary school or as a child or even saying I've been baptized or even saying I've received the Holy Ghost, you've got to come into sonship. You've got to come into a daughter that knows her placing and has matured under the presence of the word of God. For a time, verse 2, you're under tutors and governors until there would be another season. And that's what I'm speaking about, adoption, today. We're speaking about adoption. In verse 5, it speaks about this, that we might receive the adoption of sons. This is where we're at in the message. This is the bride's revival, is knowing who they are, where we can receive not just baptism, not just salvation, not just saying God sent a prophet, but that message has returned the hearts of the last day children to a maturing word where you have authority, where it's the voice coming out of heaven saying, hear ye him, hear ye her. Not Jesus in the, in the water, but now you and I on earth. God saying, hear ye her. Hear that teenager, hear that family, hear that sister, hear that brother. I know they might be carrying their lunch pail to work. I know they might be in, in, in grade school or even college. I know that they're maybe struggling in their relationships, but in their faith, they are a son and daughter of God, and I am placing them now. Verse 5, in adoption. And because of this, verse 6, because ye are sons... God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Let's turn to Galatians, sorry, Ephesians chapter 1 quickly. Amen. I'm thankful for what God's doing in your lives. I'm thankful today to know that we are saved. 
Hallelujah. And that God's Spirit is abiding within our hearts. And He's abiding in our church today, crying out to young people, crying out to mothers, fathers, children, single. You might have walked in off the street. You might not know Him as your Savior. But I, we're speaking messages that would lead you to maturity, lead you to the bedroom. We can come to the kitchen. We can hear the Word. We can come to church. That's not far enough. We can go into the parlor. We can talk with one another about how are you doing and things. But we've got to go deeper than that. We, we're not a society. We're, we're not a message culture, friends. We, in fact, we need to break that false message culture. Many people are just rallying around their church or rallying around uh, ministers or rallying around some, something uh, in emotionalism. But we need to rally around the Word of God. And, and we need to leave our public expressions of Christ and go into our private expressions. And that is go into the bedroom, go into the private place. Where is your seed coming from? What have you been called to? Ephesians chapter 1 is now a Paul again setting the church in order. It parallels the Old Testament Joshua coming into your land. Yes. Ephesians 1 verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Yes. That is the believer's position in Christ is heavenly places. Not earthly. You're not a chicken pecking around in the barnyard. I think that we ought to be a little bit more exuberant when we hear the word. You're not a chicken pecking around in the barnyard. You, you are an eagle. I'm speaking by faith. I'm speaking the word of God. All true fivefold ministers ought to be ministering the word of God at a level that the hearts can come up to that. It's like a magnet. It's like a magnet. We get down into the trenches and start preaching at certain families or a certain issue. We've got off our calling. You keep preaching the word. Keep laying the word in there. Let this shepherd be the Lord Jesus. Let the word be the standard. Not our emotions or our feelings. But just let the Holy Spirit, through the word, lead the people of God. Verse 4 and 5. I want you to notice. According... As He hath chosen us in Him, can we say in Him, him. not the day that you gave your heart to the Lord or you came to the altar, but before the foundation of the world. So it's not at a convention or at a camp. It's not even this morning that God is going to write your name in the Lamb's book of life. That's false doctrine. You've matured beyond that. Your name was written in the Lamb's book of life before there was even a world. Before there was even a galaxy. God knew about you. He formed you. He called you then. That's why today when you hear the word, it's like an eagle scream to you and, and you rise up to it. I hope that you're rising far above television. I hope you're rising far above politics. I hope that your walk with the Lord is greater than Biden or Trump. Come on, friends. I mean, we're talking about spiritual Gentiles that have been born again. Truly by the Word of God. 
You have been chosen in him before the foundation of the world that we should be gossipers and looking to our finances every day and troubled on every side and perplexed. No, God sees you holy without blame before him in love. Not contention. Not strife. Not wondering who I am and wondering where I'm going if I die. And I'm wondering if I'm saved. And I'm wondering if I have the Holy Spirit. No, God's leading you to a revelation that you've been chosen in Him before the foundation of the world. Verse 5 is our last verse here. Having predestinated. I know it's a long word, but predestinated means predestined. Your destiny, predestinated, destiny, your destiny or where where you're going has already been predetermined. And not by the devil. Not by a Hamas suicide terrorist. Not by somebody that's planned this out for a year. Amen. They had this plan since October of 2022, what they just did in the last few days. To the, is, they had it, they found, they found the papers, they found it typed out, they found maps on the, on the terrace that came in there and they shot all those people, beheaded babies, raped women, and it was just horrible what happened. But this has been planned out for many, many months. And the devil has tried to look at your weaknesses and devise your your lifestyle. And he's always for your defeat spiritually. And God has planned this before the foundation of the world. That you be an overcomer. that That you are a success. You are the daughter of God. You are a son of God. I know sometimes your life is chaotic and... We get nervous because as spiritual people, many times we, we are more nervous than people of the world that can just go out and drink and have some alcohol or take some drugs. Right, right. That's why you see all this cannabis stores and things. People are trying to quieten their nerves. They're trying to find something. You know, go on this vacation or I've got to have this certain you know, house or this certain job. Or, and you find the American dream is not the American dream. Hello, or, or the Canadian dream. It, uh, our sisters are here from Ghana. They, they came hours and hours this morning. I was awakened uh, after six this morning and I was already thinking of them. They were trying to get a vehicle to go to the train station and come up here and they traveled. And God bless you today. All for one service. Then they got to go back this afternoon. This isn't a walk in the park. This isn't a five-minute, well, I'll just come forward. This isn't like, okay, if I can sit through a service and make everybody think that I'm a good person, then then I'm okay. It's much deeper than that. You have been predestinated, verse 5, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ, to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. It is God's perfect will that you come to maturity. It's God's perfect will that you make it in the rapture. I've got to say these things. It's, It's God's perfect will that you be whole today. 
It's God's perfect will that you be satisfied in Jesus Christ. So predestinated, I'm coming into our subject, unto the adoption. It's not just when you're saved. All heaven rejoices. All the angels salute. All heaven busts loose when one gives their heart to the Lord. Someone is baptized. Someone receives the message. Someone starts out in justification and sanctification. They receive the Holy Spirit. That is all good. They are birthed by the Word. They're birthed as a son and daughter of God. But that is not your adoption. And I want the church to listen very closely. We have been predestinated the bride for adoption. There is a great need today for salvation. Does this church agree? There's a great need for people to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a great need, even amongst us, that people receive the genuine Holy Ghost. In fact, it's the greatest need in the message is if a person will never come to adoption if you've never received the Holy Ghost. So we must receive the Holy Ghost. But the need I'm speaking about is for adoption, is for men and women to come to their maturity or placing. It's very important. That is why you have so much stumbling and chaos, even in the ranks of the message. People have not come to adoption. I'm very sorry, I hadn't moved you on to this this slide, but this is our scripture that we read. Amen. Thank you for all those that are helping in the back there. Amen. Amen. In New York, when Brother Branham was speaking about this, and you'd like to write some notes, it might be good. A son was born in Israel, and then after eight days, he was circumcised and become an Israelite. He was born of the father. And then, if that child was given a tutor, Galatians teaches us, then after he was raised up in a certain age, and he become very faithful to the father's work and everything. He was a very fine boy and was eligible to fall heir. Now the father didn't know what he would be when he was born. He might be a gangster. He might be slothful in the father's business. He couldn't turn his kingdom and things and his work over to that boy. But when the boy proved to be a right boy and the tutor which in our case is the Holy Spirit that takes word to the Father and gives a report of what we do, then if we be found faithful for so long, like the child was, then he was taken out into the public square and a purple robe was put on him and there was a law of adoption. And then that boy was adopted by the same father who had gave him birth. Now this is very amazing. Brother Branham taught this all through the message. What I'm speaking about adoption today isn't complicated. Now adoption is not like we know in our culture that you know you adopted a little baby or you, you couldn't have children so you adopted a child. That's not the same adoption that we're speaking about. Does everybody understand that? Don't get confused with our culture. By speaking about adoption or the law of adoption, you were born a child of God. That was your new birth. But there had to be a season 
of time when they watched the behavior of this child, this, this young man as it was, when he became adopted by his father, the same, that boy was adopted by the same father who had gave him birth. And he was brought into the family. Then he wasn't only a son, but he was an heir, co-heir with the father of every possession he had. Did you ever study that, Dr. Bosworth? Brother Branham said this in At Thy Word, and I want you to notice the man he was referring to, whether he had studied it or not, I'm sure he had. He was a very well-taught uh, Brother Bosworth, did not go on fully to take the steps that you and I need to take in adoption. Right. We're in another age. Right. We're in another season of time where we must know where we stand with the Lord. How many's ever heard the message, Hear Ye Him, before? Brother Branham spoke, Hear Ye Him. Maybe write that down in your notes. Brother Branham spoke this message title at least 20 times. I listened to at least three of them before this service, and there's all 20 of them I would like to listen to. Hear Ye Him. It's in those messages that Brother Bradham spoke a lot about what I'm speaking about today about adoption. We're going to get into that in just a few minutes. Adoption. Over 162 times in the message. At least 156 times from 1946 to 1965. And the remainder of times he spoke in the church age book. So appropriate. I'm just giving this as a foundation for some of you numbers people. Amen. Adoption. So I'm just not taking it out of, you know, a few quotes here and there. It was the last time he spoke about it in the church age book was in the Laodicean church age. It was in the age that you and I are living in in the natural that he spoke about adoption. But spiritually, we must move up to a bright age. And in the last time he spoke about it in 1965, he spoke about it. So before the seals... And after the seals, all through the message, Brother Branham spoke about adoption. Amen. It's in the Bible. Yes. It's in the Bible, what Brother John's speaking about in Romans chapter 8. If you want to write that down, it speaks about the spirit of adoption. Yes. Romans 8.23 speaks about the adoption to wit the redemption or change of our bodies. Yes. That's speaking of your body change. That, that's speaking of a future event of adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. So don't get that confused. There's different stages of your spiritual life. The adoption that I'm speaking about today is something that must happen on this side of the rapture. Romans 8.23 Our final adoption is a change of our bodies. Are you listening? But before that change, there must be a change on earth. This is what we're going through, into his character, into his likeness. I saw Brother Karim. I was just coming in to the sanctuary, and Brother Karim was just walking quickly to do some work in the back, and I, I thought, my, Brother Karim, he's looking like his father more every day. And I just saw him, Sister Shannon, the side of him, and he's just walking quickly to, to serve you. And I talked to him about it. I said, you're looking more like your father. I, that would be a compliment to you and I as the bride of Christ to say, my, you're looking more like your father every day. How many would like to hear that today? My, my brother Ethan, you're looking more like your father every day. 
Well, if it was in the natural, maybe sometimes we'd say, oh, really? But to say, our Heavenly Father, my, I can see you're looking more like your Father every day. I can just see how you've changed. You're not a little baby. You're not a little infant. You're growing. You're maturing. You're filling out spiritually. That's adoption. Now, you were born a child of God. You were born a son. You gave your heart to the Lord. As a daughter, you repented, gave your heart to the Lord Jesus, and were filled with the Holy Spirit. That's not what I'm speaking about today. Your adoption is not your birth. It's your placing. Your adoption is not your birth. It's your placing. Let me, let me just come back a little bit so you don't misunderstand. Every bride member must be born again. Every person that goes in the rapture must be filled with the Holy Spirit. You, you must be birthed by the Holy Spirit. But that is not your adoption. Your behavior is what sets you to adoption. Now all of these things I'm saying are actually quotes of Brother Branham. It's not difficult and I'm preaching to you true doctrine of the message. Your behavior is what sets you to adoption, your conduct. So Romans chapter 8 speaks about adoption. I'm just going to touch on this and then go on to another good quote. Romans chapter 9 speaks about adoption. We read in Galatians 4 about the adoption of sons. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5 says, we've been predestinated to the adoption of children. That must be the focus even for our families and for our church is that we bring people to maturity and all the way with Christ. We need to have youth meetings. We need to have Bible studies. We, we, we need to have prayer lines, prayer times at the altar, Sunday school. That's all part of, our, of what the church, we have a responsibility to have communion and foot washing. Can the church say amen? But we also are under a mandate to minister, have messages, and the quality of the word must bring the people that have received the Holy Spirit and have been birthed to their maturity. And that is your adoption. Brother Branham came back to Jeffersonville realizing his church was lacking in the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit experience. This is 1959. And he started speaking about this very subject of the Holy Ghost, but also adoption. I want to bring you through in the next few slides what he spoke about, about the Old Testament, then Jesus Christ, then you and I. In the Old Testament, let me stop here just for a moment to get what God put the Holy Ghost in the church for. This is Brother Branham. What he put the Holy Ghost in the church for to give you another type so you'll know. Back in the Old Testament, when a child, a man made himself a home, he got his bride, that's the first thing. Then he become a, good, a great man, that was good. The next thing happened, there come a birth into that home. That's when the Holy Spirit, another spirit came in, which was a son. That son, he was not in full charge, neither was he a heir until... He got a certain age. And he had to be proved first. 
And then they had the law of adoption. To you ministers, the placing of a son is what I'm speaking of now. See, then when he come to a place to where he was adopted. I'm going to stop right there and say it's very apparent to the ministers even that they don't understand adoption. I have to bring this coming right down to our local church because if we're a church and we don't have a doctrine, we're not a church. If you have a pastor or you have ministry that, that does not have doctrine, they're not called of God. And we're not here to play around in the kiddie pool and just have salvation preaching messages all the time. Stay with me today. And we're not just always going to be rallying around sing songs. The church isn't established in the message to just rally around getting people saved and getting them baptized and getting them filled with the Holy Ghost. That's a process. Where we're at right now globally is God's getting the bride that he has collected to a place of maturity. The law of adoption, and, and I feel now that the bride ought to be mature enough to be able to handle these things. Not just the ministers, but the laity, the children. Our teenagers have got to know that they have the Holy Ghost. Our teenagers must know that my vision is to come to maturity and expression where God can, God can say, I trust Miles, I trust Lily, I, I have confidence in them. Where the Father says that. I'm going to get into some examples later, but you would never give a sharp knife to one of your two-year-old son. Should I give an example now? Should I give an example now? Uh, to one of our little children, our little lovely children, Mila or little Boaz or one of our other little children. You say, my, that's my son, that's my daughter, I really love them. And I don't think that Brother Karim is going to go this afternoon to a restaurant and say, you're, Mila, you can have whatever you want and I love you and you've been born, my daughter, and here's a sharp steak knife. Just have fun. Is she? Would Sister Shannon do that? I mean, she would think Brother Karim had lost his mind. It's like, sure, she's your daughter, and yes, we love her. But we're not going to give her a knife. Say, why not? Because there's a season of character. She's got to grow up. There's a time when you go ahead and allow her to have that knife. That's called adoption. Can I give another example? Maybe somebody come into the message and they're gloriously converted. How many love to see that? My, somebody come right out of the world and they're just so rank sinner and they just smell sins all over them. They got Hollywood and everything just dripping off of them, but they're gloriously converted. They give their heart to Christ. They're birthed into the kingdom. They're baptized. They, they have a genuine change. You can... See that in their lives. Maybe it's a, a, a man, and you, say, you just say, my, you can just see that, that person. And, and in one week, they're just changed. They got a haircut, you know, they're just a different person. Thank the Lord for that. But would you elect that man to be a pastor over you after one month in the message? You say, my, you know, a month ago, Brother Andy and Brother Matt, we got the baptismal out, we baptized them, they, they've been changed, and I can see they came right from the world, and well, they've received the Holy Ghost, so they're adopted now, so why don't we just let them be a pastor? 
That's what some people think. They think that when you receive the Holy Ghost, you're adopted. That's not what Brother, Brother Branham didn't teach it that way. There are seasons of adoption. There is an adoption when that man, you say, well, he's gloriously saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, but there's a season for him to prove himself or for her to prove herself. If you were a brother in our church and says, man, she came in a week ago and that is my wife, praise God. She might be your wife, praise God. But you better wait a little while. You better just give it a season of time. No, praise God, I'm taking her out next Friday night and we're going to Vegas and we're going to be husband and wife in a month from now. Bless God, hallelujah. Well, talk to them in six months from then. And friends, we've seen some really hard things happen even in the message. There's a time of proving. There's a time of people just not rushing in and having an experience. Though they've been changed and though they've been converted and though they've been baptized. Does the church know what I'm talking about? I don't think any of us, we love all of our children to, to the max, but I don't think any of us are going to give our little five-year-old daughter this afternoon the keys to the car. Say, so you were so good in church, and even Brother Andy said, you sat good in church, and so here's the keys to the car. Just go out and have a great time with your friends. Would you do that? No. Well, why not? Someone would say, well, you don't love your daughter. You don't really love your five-year-old son. I mean, come on. He, he's the best Lego maker in the whole church. Haven't you seen him read? He's reading chapter books and he's, my, he's so good. But it's not the time to give him the keys to your car. It has nothing to do with whether he's your son or daughter. They are your son and daughter. I'm not disputing that they, they've been changed. That they're a good person. That I'm not disputing they're the best Lego person in the whole church. But there's certain levels of trust and confidence. It's called adoption. I mean, let's all be honest. When they're 16 years old and you have to hand them the keys to the car, there's still a little nervousness. Don't worry, Brother Elias. Amen. It'll happen one day. And I know Sister Mila, she loves all the keys to all of our cars, you know. And I, I give her my key fob, and that's fantastic. She takes that, and then pretty soon she just drops it, you know. And she wants your key fob then. But I don't think this week we're going to go out and put her little booster car seat up in our driver's seat and say, Mila, we really love you. You're born, our daughter and our son, and in our church, we love you. Have a great time with all your friends. And it's just a bunch of car seats in the cars. And have a great time, Mila. Well, why have we done that in the church? Why do people even believe that way? You're not saying they haven't been born. They're wonderful children, wonderful. But there, come, there comes a time of age. It's called adoption. Even Jesus went through this. And it's without dispute. We, we see Jesus on the Mount Transfiguration. This is Brother Branham pointing to Mount Transfiguration as Jesus' adoption. So let's just stay with what the prophet said. As I said, God will never go outside of His laws to do anything. 
If you've got an artesian well on this hill, blowing water all over in the air, and on this other hill over here, you've got a crop burning up, you can stand on this hill and holler, Oh, water, run over here and fill our, my crop. Oh, water, get to my crop. It'll never do it. I'm sorry to be so demonstrative, but that's what's happened. Oh, water, come over here. Oh, water, come over here. Oh, maturity, come back in the church. People stood on this hill and they wanted their genuine water. But they're not going about it according to the word. And that's why there's so much disappointment. They can stand all they want to. You can have meetings and declare it and websites and have all kinds of things. But you've got to go God's provided way. And if we're going to have adoption in the message, it's coming God's provided way. It's not that you're disputing they've been born and they've come, they've come and they're our sons and our daughters, and, but you don't hand them the keys the next night and say, God bless you, you're going to be the pastor of our church. Say, but they were baptized, Brother John, and they gave their heart to the Lord. They came to the altar. We had a meeting. Well, adoption is your placing. It's when God says, now you're ready. Now I can see by your conduct. I can see by your conduct that your, Jesus had this on Mount Transfiguration. Brother Branham speaking in paragraph 45, if you've got a sick man laying here or a sinner laying here, or a man that wants to be right, can't give up drinking, can't give up smoking, can't give up lust and things, if you'll just work according to the laws of God, let the Holy Spirit come in there, then he's no more his own. He will stop that thing because the Holy Spirit takes him over. But you've got to work according to the laws of God, the rules of God. How many want to work according to the laws of God? In the Old Testament, I'm continuing on the same quote. When this baby was born, they watched it to see how it was behaved. Behavior. Let's all say behavior. Say, we don't like to talk about that in our church. Just stay kind of on the surface. Just kind of be a little vague, you know. The people are smart enough, Brother John, they'll bring it down to their daily lives. Well, God give our ministers permission to just speak the word of God. And sometimes you just got to say it. Say, well, you stepped on my toes. Well, I'm sorry that God's brought us so close together. But, you know, we need to step on one another's toes sometimes. And, you're going to step on the toes of the people you love the most. Because that's who's around you. So forgive us for stepping on your toes. But we need the Holy Spirit to come and instruct us about these things. I love you, my son. I love you, my daughter. But you've got to go on further than that. I want to see a greater behavior. Well, I'm not, I mean, you're telling me this. And people walk away or they leave the message or they leave a church and they go to another church and they last a little while as long as the people don't step on their toes, you know. And then they go to another church. Then they just stay out of church. I don't need church. Adoption is the, is the ability to have character. It's the ability, God watching your behavior, willing to work with a body. It's not just press play. It is do what the prophet said. When you press play, then he said, gather yourselves together and get under a ministry. And pay your tithes and give your offerings and be accountable. Don't stay at home. A 
Adoption is being accounted. That's my son. That's my daughter. I want to give you a real good example of adoption. I want everyone to listen really close. Adoption doesn't mean you'll never fail. You'll never have a sin or you'll never make a mistake. I'm saying this for a reason. There was a man that had a son and they, they owned a business. It was a successful business and the, the father was getting older, kind of handing it more off to the son. And the son was taking care of the daily operations. They hired a lot of people. They bought some nice trucks. They got things going. But as time went on and things kind of went south, the son went bankrupt. Decisions were made, things were done, the economy, whatever. One day the son had to walk into the father's office and they had to have a conversation. And the son didn't walk in all proud and haughty. He came in humble. Maybe he had to sell off or maybe the bank took his Lamborghini or his Porsche or whatever. Maybe he drove a little Honda or something. I don't know. He came driving up on some truck, you know, work truck or whatever. Sat down and told his dad about it. He said, Dad, this is what was going on. Things were good. The economy was good. We were doing great. We had all of these men working. We had 16 men working. I didn't even hardly have to work. I just kind of managed things and drove from job. But, man, things went bad. The economy was bad. I'm telling you, Dad, I was wrong. I, you know, I, should, I don't need 16 men. I should have been out there working. Maybe I needed five. Maybe I should have been working alongside of them for a year, two years, three years. I, you know, Dad, I was, I was wrong. He admitted that he had failed. And I'm sorry, I've drugged our family, I've drugged the, the business, family business through the mud. I'm embarrassed. We had to file for bankruptcy and things. But this is, Dad, I think that God can bring this back through. I think that God can bring us back. I think I've learned the lessons. And he began to set out a plan for future success. And they talked about it and prayed together. And the son said, I've got to go, Dad. I've got to go be with, work with my, some of my men down, dig some trenches today. And the son walked out of the room and walked out through the hallway and down to the sidewalk. And the father stood up and looked out of the window and said, that's a good son. That's my son. See, it's not depending on, on just your failures or your successes in your life. I'm speaking about relationships. And your adoption in your life is the attitude of the father saying, that's my son. That's my daughter. I know she made mistakes. I know she hasn't always been right. But her attitude's right. She's repentant of her sin. Come on, friend. How many would be willing to serve that kind of a God? That, that kind of a father say, that's my daughter. That's my son. They got a plan. They're down in the trenches. They're down working hard. They realize they made the mistakes. They, they, they're not proud of having to go bankrupt, but they're willing to do whatever it takes. Are you willing to do whatever it takes? So his approval, the father's acceptance, was not attached to the failure of the son. It was the nature of the son. It was the character of the 
of the Son. It was the response of you and I when God's dealing with us. Oh God, breathe hope back into the church. Let Brother James preach today that would breathe hope back into the church. Peter, James, and John. We need Peter sometimes to preach, you know. We need a burly faith. We need a brother that's loud and, you know, kind of burly faith. Then we need Brother John to preach sometimes that apostle of love. Hello? First, second, third John, my beloved. And you just hear him talking. He just loves the people. He loves the Lord. But we need Brother James sometimes to stand up and preach. He's the apostle of, of hope. I just want you to leave here today having hope in your relationship with God, having faith and love that God is with you. And my, you just leave saying, my, I think I can dust off myself and get back up and serve the Lord today. I am a daughter of God. I am a son of God. Hallelujah. I've been predestinated. I am chosen before the foundation of the world. God's not always measuring your skirts and looking at your, you know, you know, always these things, friends. He cares about that. But as you're, you being his son and daughter, he, he's focusing on your attitude and your nature is what brings you to adoption. Was that illustration okay for everyone? The father's love for future success is not attached to that son's failure. It was his attitude and willingness to say, I am wrong. We're going to do whatever it takes, Dad. I had to lay off a lot of those men, and I had to sell a lot of those trucks. You don't always need all those things, friends. We're talking about attitude. We're talking about, uh, have you become more of a proudful, arrogant Christian? Are you softful about the Father's business? It's your behavior. See, the father was growing up. He had had these children. He was a businessman, maybe in his 40s or 50s. He didn't have time to teach his baby himself. So in them days, they didn't have public schools as they do now. So they got what they call a tutor or a raiser, a school teacher. And this school teacher was the best he could find so that he'd be truthful and tell the father the truth about it. I'm still in the message. Paragraph 47, are you doing okay? I I know the font's a little small. And then when this boy got to a certain age, say he was matured, if that boy was just a renegade, no good, didn't care for the father's business, all he thought about was flirting, running with the women's or drinking, gambling, horse racing, that boy would always be a son. Let me just say that again. That boy would always be a son. But he was never placed in position to have heir to all his father had. I wonder if that's where we've been in the message for a long time. It's not God disputing your experience, because he gave you the experience. But what he is challenging and asking more of us is, have you come to maturity? Is your name as good on the check as God's is? Or are you running around? Are you doing things that you know, well, the Holy Spirit deals with you that you ought to do this better or change that in your life? And, uh, you know, you just, it just keeps being the same or worse. Can God put the business, can he give you the keys? 
Can he call you to a greater experience? And say whatever she says. Whatever he says. And then walk out of the room. Can God do that with you? Hello, Hattie Wright. Come on. You know, Brother Branham, he talked about Hattie, right? And he said, the reason God, he already knew what she was going to ask for. Go back and listen to it again. He talks about Hattie Wright's character and that God already knew she wasn't going to ask for $10,000. That's what he said in one place. In another place, he said a million dollars. He said if she would have asked for it, it would have dropped in her lap. But God knew her character. Hello, Hattie Wright. Hello, Hattie Wright. Is this church full of Hattie Wrights today? That she's watching the Word. She's listening for the Word. That's nothing but the truth. Lord, I want that in my life. God knows what you're going to ask for. He knows that He gave you that kind of authority to just say whatever He says and walks out of the room that there's enough character in you. Come on, brothers. I'm talking to the brothers now. Where's the brothers in our church that can have that kind of sensitivity and oneness with the Word? What would you do with a million dollars anyway? Well, you say I'd buy a house. Well, it'd probably be six, seven hundred thousand dollar house where the taxes on that house, all the cleaning that goes in that house. I'm just trying to help you out a little bit. You don't need the million dollars. You got million dollar problems. If our church was 500 people, we've had 500 issues. 500 situations. And maybe we'd have eight deacons. Maybe Brother Andy would be in charge of all the deacons. Can you imagine having 500 people and eight deacons or ten deacons and you have these situations? I can. Because I've been there before. I'm sorry. I mean, we, we, we know for, uh, you have a church of a thousand people. You just have a thousand different issues and young people and children and old people and Funerals and dedications and voices and texts and emails and calls. Friends, let's just do really good with a little church, okay? Hello, everybody. Let's be a church that people love to to visit. And maybe others want to come and stay for a little bit. And maybe others want to be a part and shoulder the burden. And let's go forward together. Let's all say together. And then when the father starts seeing that's the nature of the family, that starts, that's being the nature more of my children is the nature of Jesus. Well, you can walk across the room and say, wow, you're looking more like your father every day. How many know that Brother Washlegger's son plays the violin back there? He's visiting us today. How many know that? You don't know that? Well, you can sing a special next time, you know. There's, there's a lot about a lot of us that we don't know about one another. Yes. There's hidden gifts. There's hidden talents. Yes. There's things that God wants to use you for. You're to be a living billboard. Amen. You're to be all on. You're to be all similar. But I'm older. I'm weaker. I've gone through things. God understands that. But it's time for maturity. Stop flirting and running around. I'm speaking to sons. 
But if he was a good boy, can I continue? About the father's business, he proved to be the right child. Then they had a ceremony. They took the boy out into the street and put a white robe on him. Set him up on a scaffold so all the city could see. They made a feast and a jubilee. And the father then had a ceremony of adoption. He adopted his own son. Stop putting adoption back at your new birth. Or when you receive the Holy Ghost. That's not what Brother Branham taught. You see all through the message. That's not what Brother Branham taught. And if that's what Brother Branham believed, he would have said that after the seals. He would have majored on that. If Brother Branham believed it that way, that's what he would have said. That's not what he said. That's not what Brother Branham taught us. It's a false doctrine to say that when you receive the Holy Ghost, that is your adoption. I'm just being very clear today. I'm speaking the truth. In love. So that we would go all the way to our adoption, which is maturity. Where your name on the check is as good as the daddy's name on the check. That was the Old Testament. Jesus Christ had his adoption. Watch what God did when his son was born. He let him go for 30 years, testing him, trying him. Did Brother Branham really say that? He let his own son go for 30 years, testing him, trying him. Then he'd give him three years of hard trial. Then at the end of the hard trial, when he seen that his son was about the father's business, Mount Transfiguration, he said the book of Luke, he took Peter, James, and John, three witnesses, and went up on top of the mountain. And there, let's all say there, God performed the laws of adoption. Not when he was baptized. Come on, friends, you say, well, he was God's son when he was born. Absolutely. When do you become a child of God? You always were a child of God. Okay, when do you receive the Holy Spirit? When God gives it to you. I mean, let's stop making this so difficult. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, receive the Holy Ghost. Right in your chair right there. How many would like to see another book of Acts Church? I mean, oh yeah, I'd love to see a book. I'm not talking about one scripture. that While they heard the word, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. You don't need to wait to a Saturday night prayer line or brother so-and-so to lay his hands on you and then, oh, I don't know, so I'm going to go through the next prayer line and I hope so-and-so comes and he can, oh, he's there, so I'm going to go through again. Just a second here. Brother Branham taught us different than that. He said, you go through this prayer line, don't come back through the prayer line. Say, what did you ask for the first time for the Holy Ghost? Okay, I'm coming back through. They're having a special meeting. I'm going to go through the line to receive the Holy Ghost. I'm coming back through. Oh, and then the next one, then the next one. That, that friends, we're going there in the message where people are thinking that that's the Holy Ghost. What their heart is craving for is adoption. They're aching to have that daily walk with Christ. And because they don't have that and they're thirsty and hungry that God would be able to give them that kind of authority. Friends, it's because it's been taught wrong. Jesus was a son. When he was in the manger, he was a son. Come on, friends. 
when he was 12 years old in the temple, confounding everybody, he was a son. When he was baptized in Matthew 3, we'll get into it, the voice came out of heaven and said, this is my beloved son. Is that true? But it wasn't until later. I know exactly where I'm standing. It wasn't until later that the voice said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. And that was His adoption. That was God saying, He's been my Son all the time. But now I'm giving Him the keys. Hear ye Him. Whatever He says. Peter, James, and John, three earthly men that were there to witness this. Jesus, Moses, and Elijah, the heavenly witnesses. I I just heard Brother Branham say it this morning. That's why I'm just speaking to you like this. But that's exactly the truth. It's like it's going to be confirmed up in heaven, and it's going to be confirmed down on earth. And that's why when Moses and Elijah disappeared, the Bible says they saw no man save Jesus only. That's where our eyes ought to be. When the service is over and we go back home, when our sisters are on their Greyhound bus back to Des Moines, there ought to be my, my heart burn within me as the, as the Lord Jesus talked to me along the road. Have you ever heard it like that? Have you ever seen it like that? That's what the Lord's doing. He's calling on us to, to be sisters, to be another Hattie Wright, to be people that believe the word. Brothers, it's time that we raise up to our adoption. It's not always looking to the pastor, looking to the deacon, or what's brother so-and-so going to think. No, it's what God's called you. You go get your job that God's called you to have. You buy the car that God, you want to buy. Amen. If it's a lemon, well, go get another one. You, I prayed about it. I thought it was the will of God. It turned out to be a lemon. It doesn't mean you don't have the Holy Ghost. It doesn't mean, you know, you hit your head. and you, uh, Friends, come on. Are we getting it down to cars and vacations? And Well, you got to do it. What, Brother John? How Brother John's wife dresses you. Got, friends, that's baby school stuff. You have your own family. You do what God's called you to do. We'll try to have, be an example. We'll try to do what we can. We'll provide a place of worship. You don't need to know 90% of what goes on behind the scenes. You don't need to know that. Brother John's been called to bear that. I don't let my family know everything about what goes on in our family. I'm the father of the house. It's my responsibility to provide for them, to lead them. and They don't need to know all the dirt stuff. The church don't need to know all about the dirt stuff. I'm called to minister the word of God and lead you to adoption and say, Oh, precious Lord, take their hand and lead them across River Jordan. You don't need my Holy Ghost. You receive the Holy Ghost. You don't need to know my revelation of the message. It's what God has already revealed. John there. He took Peter, James, and John up there and God God performed the laws of adoption. They looked up and they seen Jesus. His clothes shined as white in the lightning and a cloud overshadowed him and a voice come out of the cloud and said, This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. 
I'll send down now and have no more to say. What he says is law and truth. That was Jesus Christ. We see it in the Old Testament, adoption. We see Jesus Christ and adoption. But here we are today, and the very next paragraph, Brother Branham said, now the church has come through those schools. What's he talking about? You're born a son. You're born a daughter. But you've got to come through those schools too. I love you. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're in our church. I believe we need to be less offensive to one another. We need to watch what we say and what we do. I think we need to be in moderation in all things. And you that know the Bible know I'm just quoting scripture. Amen. We, we need to stop offending people. But yet he that offends not, and, and, and then you become like a perfect man. Well, if you were perfect, you wouldn't be offending me. No, we're a body and we're a family. And we can look at the exact same elephant and describe it different. Amen. You all know that illustration, right? They blindfolded a bunch of people and they all put them around the elephant. And they tell, described what you felt and described, you know, oh my, it was this great big round thing. You know, this great, well, you just grabbed a hold of its leg. And then I touched this, it was really rough. My, just really rough and this. And then I, I, this little thing was like, I put my hands like this and it was just, that's his trunk. Oh, I see. And then this big long thing, it kept moving, moving. I said, stop it, stop it. It's his ear, like Dumbo. And all of us can have churches and families and form our own opinions. This is our elephant. Well, that's what you made, a big elephant in the room. And it's not the message. And it's not the word. And it's not Christ. It's your elephant. We need Christ to rip open the blindfolds and say, this is the word for our day. This is where we're at in the message. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. But you must come to your adoption. That is maturity. And let me just bring it down a little stronger. Only those in the bride are going to come to their adoption. People can be saved. They can have a measure of the Holy Spirit. They can be gifted with the Holy Spirit. Oh my, they can preach sermons. They can cast out devils. Y'all know the Bible. Lord, Lord, haven't we done all these mighty things? And haven't we done this? And haven't we? Absolutely. Only God heals. Do you all believe that? Only God heals. They laid hands on people. They cast out devils. You say, only God can do that. Absolutely. I'm so confused. I, I don't understand. Well, the Lord's bringing His Word to you. To just, He's just leading you very gently. How many know we've been saved by grace? But your adoption is depending on your behavior. I want the church to really dig a little bit now before we close. Can I go a little bit further? Just, salvation is by grace. Ephesians says that. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Let's all stop right now and rejoice in the grace of God. God's grace is amazing. You're saved by grace. 
You'll never get enough. You're not worthy enough. But stop making that like a servant. Oh, I'm unworthy. Oh, I'm so little. Oh, I'm nothing. No, you're not talking adoption. You need to let the Holy Spirit change your, your, your very words. Let your very attitude. Let there be. Well, you know, Brother, brother John, that's like a goat. But, but, but you're not a goat. You're a sheep. You've been predestinated to adoption. Shake off those things of the world. You're not a drunker and a smoker and a gamer and a, all kinds of this and that. You might hunt. You might game. You might drink whatever. Well, it gets all quiet. Some of you drink coffee and milk. Amen. This morning, right? You drank some water. If the Holy Spirit will let you do that, then you can just live the way you want to live. Say, well, how are you saying that? This, no, no, that's not the standard of the church. You must receive the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost don't act one way in one person. And then another person says, well, I can do that and I don't feel... Well, then are you talking about conviction? I'm not going to go there. I'm speaking on adoption. There's some of you that would admit, years ago you used to do certain things. You try to do that now and, and the Holy Spirit just... You just feel convicted. Say, you're a legalist. No, you're coming to your adoption. It's by grace we are saved. But our adoption is depending on your behavior. Let's take it right out of the adoption message. Now, placing of the son. First thing after the son was in, he become a son. But then we find out his behavior is what set him to adoption. Whether he behaved right or not. How many believe Brother Branham was our prophet? How many know he talked about a short, quick work? A short, quick work. That's what's happening for all these years. But it's a short, quick work. 